Jesus. I heard a man of God say, it's more than one, I guess, through a book and other things, confidence in the blood of Jesus. Yes. And what the book of Hebrews says, and faith in the blood of Jesus opens up, it, it, it settles matters for us. That's a paraphrase of what they said, but it's the faith. It's like the name of Jesus. Your name and faith in your name, your blood and faith in your blood causes supernatural manifestations and transformations. It causes the will of God not only to be made known, but to be seen and touched and felt. It changes lives, changes destinies, changes destinations, turns situations around, hinders the, the, the demonic from being able to reign supreme. When the faith in your name and the faith in your blood on this day, as it is released all over the world, the turn, the shift, the move of your hand is mighty. The passing over of the things that, that the devil meant for harm and the moving into the, the, the command of your word and the testimony of the blood of Jesus. That is where we choose to step into, into the place where the old feelings and the old ways and the old coats that we used to wear, the cloaks of despair and self-pity and self-conscious this and self-anything, self-worship of any kind is demolished and annihilated in the place of your holiness and your righteousness and your goodness and your mercy and your love, the love which some have referred to as the liquid love of God, the yes. blood of Jesus. Yes. And in this day, when Paul had said, my determined person Purpose, forgetting the things that are behind me, my determined purpose is to know him and to know the fellowship of his sufferings and to know him, to be so intimately acquainted with you that you, it's not just that I know you, but it's that you, you know me and I get to know me through you. I know who I am because of you, not what I was, not what they said, but what you have said. And I praise you and thank you this morning that this is a time of intimacy with yes, you. Yes, it is a time yes, to yes. be unashamed of who you are and to be absolutely stripped of any facade or any other kind of posturing other than that place of humility and obedience and joy in the Lord. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the kingdom of God which resides on the inside of us. You are worthy to be worshipped and so we worship you, worship you, worship you. Not because we feel like worshiping you, but because you are worthy to be worshiped and your word worships you and creation worships you and your name is a cause for worship. Your blood is a cause for worship. Your purpose is a cause for worship. Your holiness is a cause for worship. Your righteousness is a cause for worshiping you. Your kingdom is a reason to worship you. There's simply no reason whatsoever not to worship you, God. And so I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, 
thank you, thank you, thank you today. Moving aside anything else, let it be known thanksgiving comes from this house to you. Gratitude comes to you. Surrender is yours today, Father. Everything that you desire to see come from this place, this place of your power, this place where you have a seat and Satan has no throne. We speak to you and say to you, Father, you are worthy, 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 and we thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, because God had a plan. God had a plan, and the plan works just fine, thank you. It works better than, better than, better than, again and again and again, until every enemy is put under our feet, until everything is seen the way that you want it to be seen. So the perspective of men and women and boys and girls is change, 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 change that was prophesied, change that we press to, change so that we say in the White House, in the in the governing seats here in the state of California and every other state, in every place where there's a man or a woman sitting in a position of authority, that we charge the atmosphere with the blood of Jesus. We charge the atmosphere with the blood of Jesus and say the change, the change, the change, the change, changing of the guard where necessary, changing and removing the demonic from their play, from those places and placing holiness, righteousness, angelic uh, beings that were assigned from the beginning to move them out and to step into your positions in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that the angel of the church of astounding love, a global church fellowship, the angel that is assigned to more than enough ministries, those that are called to congregate in this place because we have things to do. This day we stir things up in the spirit realm. This day we say you shall not be bored. This day we say we will give you things to do. The angel assigned to the priest in Mississippi. <clears throat> the angel assigned over that young man that, that there's things to do. Stir it up and prepare. Stir it up and prepare. You got Peter out. You got others out. You'll get Justin out too. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We release that name and faith in that name because that name breaks people out of jail. That name causes healings to take place. That name causes angels to be on the alert to go forth with the keys to unlock the doors. And this is what we declare. Those that have been unjustly in prison. Those that have been locked up because someone was too lazy to do their job. Because somebody was walking in a place of corruption. This day we say that the blood of Jesus which annihilates all sin finds you out. Testifies on behalf of those for whom he has said to make intercession. Intercession is made. Words in the spirit have been released. Go and do what you gotta do. You know what you have to do. So go and do. We release you to do. In the name of Jesus, we have great expectation. Great expectation. Why? Because resurrection power is loose to raise up dead hopes. To resurrect those things that people thought were on a back burner that didn't even have a fire. But the fire has been lit. And the word is released. And the will of God is made known to those you said according to what you wrote and gave to the woman that was your prophet and is now the apostle. Many of my people are out there on the streets, in locked in jails, in all of these other places. But God has a plan. 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 And it does not fail.
your words that you wrote over Justin, your words that you wrote over Donald J. Trump, your words that you wrote over Michael Pence, your words that you spoke over the people that are a part of this house, your words, what you said, what is written in the book that you wrote about us prevails, comes to the forefront, is the best-selling book of all times, is the hit, is the one that is being, that is opened and is being read and is taking place, the living word of God and the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Manifest wherever, whatever it looks like. Even when it looks hopeless, we don't care what it looks like because this is what was said. We change what it looks like by what God said. We change what it looks like by what God said. There is no hopeless case. There is nothing that is too late for anything to happen. There is nobody that is beyond redemption. There is no one that's walking around here unloved. There is no one that is at their last hope and have no other place to go. There is no such thing. There is joy. There is love. There is the blood of Jesus. There is the name. There is the word of God. There is the will of God. There is the book that was written about their lives. And as we prophesy, prophesy, prophesy hope into hopeless situations, truth into places of deception and lies, as we speak and we say and we declare, hear ye, O land, hear what the word of the Lord is. Hear what God is saying. This is what the Lord God has said. This is what the will of God is this is the kingdom come this is the will of God being done and we do not settle for anything less than the excellence of your majesty and of your purpose and of your intention because your joy strengthens us strengthens us infuses us with the on the inside moves us out of self anything moves us out of stubbornness moves us away from the the, the pits uh, and the pitfalls of life moves us away from the thinking that we are so this and so that and every other thing that Satan has said but God never said moves us into the place of truth the entrance of your word bringing light striking down those things that have been up against people those that are online those that are in this place those that are under the sound of my voice wherever the sound wherever the sound of the voice of God needs to be heard it is set forth to heal to deliver to change lives and we praise you that is the expectation because resurrection has come. Jesus is alive. He is risen. He is not dead. The one that you were looking for is not in the grave. And because he's not, you're not either. And we praise you for that. I praise you for that. I praise you for that. I praise you for that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The blood will never lose its power. It will never lose its power. It is a one time for all poured onto the mercy seat. It is forever speaking, speaking, speaking. It speaks, it speaks, it speaks, and everything changes because of that. And we thank you for it, Bob. In the name and faith in that name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. I praise you, Father. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You can be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Break down resistance. Break down doubt. Break down demolishes and annihilates all of the things, the things that people have felt. Thank you. Gratitude. Gratitude to God. Thank you. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving gives you honor. 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 Honor to God. Honor to God. Honor to God. Can he fail? Is there anything too hard for God to do? Is God a liar and Satan the truth? No. Never. Never will it be. Never will it be that the creator bows to a creation. Oh, I worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you. But the heavens cry out, your majesty, and the rocks cry out if, if the people won't. <laughs> oh, I thank you. But they, they worship you anyway and listen to the sounds and the roars of the sea and the thunderings of the winds and the waves that are crashing together in, in a symphony of worship to you, an acknowledgement that we have a redeemer and that the redemption of the earth is also been prophesied. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that you've opened our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see and ears to hear what it is that you have, what it is that you see. Oh, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. This is Biblical Solutions for Life, Session 1. And I'll say again, welcome to everyone. Uh, there's a lot to get to cover, and we won't. But uh, at some point, the slides will be up. I wasn't able to get in to my computer. I seem to have changed the password. Okay. Um, but I'll learn what it is. Hate when I do that. Okay. So we're going to talk about um, the culture of the kingdom of God and how it manifests the power of a changed life. But what we're going to do, we're going to take a detour um, from what we typically do, and we're going to talk about kingdom resurrection life today. So what that means is that we're going to look at this life that we have because of the blood of Jesus, this opportunity that we have to be superior in nature to the way that we've always been, what the word of God has to say about God's intention and his plan for us, and how we can uh, be raised up, how we can step up from the places of mediocrity that we, can, that we had been duped into choosing over and over again and begin to see that this kingdom life is not something that is only done in small groups, but it's the, it's the lifestyle that Jesus Christ himself walks in his body, wants his body to walk out exactly as he did. And so even to the place where it, it, it is a, a complete uh, change of, what is that word, molecular change of thinking and, and of every other part of who we are. Because the people that belong to God, the Bible says that, that those that, that are his, they are they strong and they do exploits for him. Yes. Uh, how many exploits did you, did you get done this week? You know, it's like, God, what's an exploit? You know, what does that even mean? Because if, if I don't know what it means, then how can I do it? Well, sometimes I've been doing things even without. I was, I was listening without knowing. I was listening to this preacher talk about being in, in, a, in a holy place with God. 
and asking how many people have, you know, have you been in the counsel of the Lord? Have you been in these places? Uh, I've heard a few ministers say that. And it was like, <clears throat> and what he commented was, if you've been there, you'll know. You know that you've been there. And as I started thinking about certain things, it's like the Spirit of God was laughing at me and saying, it's okay to admit it. It's okay to say that you've had a glimpse of things that were so wonderful that you actually kind of backed away. You know, it's okay to say that when I have been in places where there was something more, the more of God started to, to appear, that my mind was not uh, willing to step into that because the sin of my thinking, the sinful patterns of thought, did not want to give way to holiness. And, and because I did not recognize what that all was all about, there were days I could have stepped into the more, but I stepped back from it. So the times that I did actually step in, it was like he said, don't come into my presence thinking what a sinful person you are. Right. Because the blood of Jesus, he's saying, cleanses us from these things. And I, I also heard, I did hear the man of God say, um, when you get a blood consciousness, you get rid of the sin consciousness. That's right. That's right. You see. So today I, 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 would, I would recommend that we opt to get rid of the sin conscious and take on the confidence in the blood. I also heard, um, you know, people say they talk about, well, I know this already, I know this already, and I know this already, and it's like, but are you known by it? See, there's always more to know. If the 24 elders are still throwing down their crowns, and we'll be doing that for all eternity, shouting about the holiness of God, it tells me that there's oh, a lot more to God than what I know. I don't know much. I don't even know if it's a skin cell's work of something, you see. But, but I know that there's more to know. And so I'm not upset about being ignorant. In fact, it's starting to become quite delightful because it's like, ah, another opportunity to, to learn and to, to move into things. So here's the first thing that we're going to look at um, going on is that we're going to talk about what God said. Uh, can you go into the next one? I meant to try that thing, and I forgot to hook it up. Okay, so it says, And God said, and that which he foreordained came to be. Whatever he said is so. Whatever he said must be. Because he said it is so. That's the law of the kingdom. Whatever God said is so. And it must be so. The reason that it must be so is because he said it. You see? Because he said it. That's the, it's not God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. No, whether you believe it or not, it's so because he said it. Because he said it, that's the settling of it. That's the establishing of it. And so this is a belief that we have to take on in order to start moving out of the mediocrity and the, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just making it through. I'm making it through and, and all that other stuff. It's like, well, okay, I don't know what that means, but I'm sure that, you know, there's, there's so many phrases that people use that actually connect, we connect them to the same bondage over and over again because we keep renewing the contract, if you will, of mediocrity or sin or, or, or whatever form of, of darkness it is that we, I keep agreeing 
that uh, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid of this or that. I went through a thing this week, and I, I really do thank God for uh, Crystal and Christina, and it was kind of funny because I was talking on the phone to Crystal. <clears throat> Crystal doesn't typically butt in to certain types of topics, but I was telling her about something that I saw. And I, I just had this very quick picture uh, that I, I saw something that was really nice for me, but um, but I wasn't really open to taking it. The very thing I just said that you can get a glimpse of something, but you are so you're so used to the sin way that you don't step forward into it. You start stepping back. So I was aware that it was because of fear. I was aware of many things, but I was making a case for staying in unbelief. It wasn't. Uh, it was intentional. I just didn't know that that's what I was doing. So it was ignorant and intentional. That's a very bad combination. It typically leads to some horrible things. Okay, I'm very, you know, being competent in that. And so as we, they kept talking, and my whole interest was let's. I want to really expose this. So I'm exposing these things that that are going on. There was no defense. It was like, this is what it is. I'm hearing what you're saying, and this is it. So how does this connect? And it was, I guess, the, um, it really, the bottom line was the decision to believe. That wipes away the fear. The decision to believe opens the door to the place called perfect love. Perfect love removes torment. It gets rid of fear. But it's, it's like, um, I knew, and I, I, I love the fact that, that you can sit there and you can listen to yourself and at least have sense enough to recognize, okay, what, you, what it sounds like to my own self was like you are making an effort to say that before you'll believe, you must see. That God must prove it before you'll believe it. And that's not faith. And if, if what God offers is it takes faith to receive, but you require proof before uh, proof other than biblical proof. In other words, you have to be like Thomas and you say, I believe that he's raised when I see his hands and when I see this and when I see that. That's not the level that this particular gift is on. You see, some things you can get away with that. Because it's not a high level, it doesn't require high level faith. And you kind of, as you're going along, you shrug off the, the unbelief and go, yeah, yeah, I can see things are going well. And that's a circumstantial faith. Circumstantial faith does not get the manifestation of the things that the Lord um, has for us. It gets ordinary stuff that you could get without him, basically. You, if you kept working hard, you can get to a certain place. If you keep doing this, you can get, you can attain certain kinds of things. I can get a car if I go into this direction, this debt direction, or this. Faith, um, I'll just use my faith to get a loan, but I won't get my faith, I won't use faith to get the loan paid off. So, you see, you can, you can get to certain places where your unbelief will, you can make unbelief shape it and bake it and make it look like it's a faith cake, but it's not. It doesn't even taste the same. But there are other things when the Lord shows it to you expressly and he says, here, this is, this is the direction that I want you to walk. And this is a word, this is, this is straight from your book and this is what I'm saying, that you and I, it has to be faith. His genuine faith. Faith in God. Faith in what God said. Faith and say and surrender and submission and saying, yes, Lord, so be it. And a walking in that. And I tell you what, knock off the disclaimers. Well, I, you know, I don't know much and I don't, we know this. He knows that. It's like, yes, that's why I can work with you because you're ignorant of, of, of the, um, 
You're ignorant of how big this thing really is. You're ignorant of where it is that it's going to take you. You're ignorant of everything that is about to come before you, but now you're going to step into me and I will give you knowledge. I will give you understanding. I will give you breakthrough. I will give you the path. I'll give you the instructions. I'll give you the strategy. When you have a strategy, it doesn't matter how um, insurmountable things look. When we have the word of the Lord, which is the strategy, and we see that he truly intends for this to be, then all of a sudden, it's, it's like sometimes people say, um, well, he said that it was going to be, you know, can you believe for 50 or can you believe for 40 or, or 20 or something? I think it was Dr. Heidi Baker that I heard say something like this, that the first time um, when she, when God started telling her about, I think it was hundreds of thousands or, or no, it was hundreds and, and something, but he was talking about what he wanted to do through her um, on the mission field. And as she was listening, it sounded so stunningly big, um, you know, like, okay, uh, she, she was on the floor, I think, for a week and all kinds of stuff that she went through. But after that was attained, then somebody else came along with something like hundreds of thousands and millions of this. And she took it in stride. And they asked her, well, why is it that you can take it in stride here? But when you were hearing the lower numbers, the lower numbers still sounded possible. But when you get to the higher, it's the impossible. And suddenly you know God has a plan and there is a strategy. Oh, and God. you can step into that because it's like if you're feeling intimidated, then your dream is too small. That's right. you got to enlarge. Dr. Baker got this word many years ago. Um, <laughs> enlarge your tent. Enlarge the place of your dwelling. Your vision is too small. Your vision is too small. If you're getting um, crushed by the, the vision not coming to pass, your vision is too small. Whoa. You are thinking yeah, too yeah, low. Yeah, you're yeah, thinking yeah. still on the levels of um, this business partner and this business partner and this one, and maybe all together we could get this thing going. Honey, it's got to get to a place where well, I don't care how many partners you have. If God is not um, steering it, if God is not going, if it's not going in the direction that he says, then it is impossible. That's where the joy starts to come from. That's where the laughter starts to come from. We are stepping into the impossible thing that's what resurrection power is it's like the power of his resurrection being raised from the dead something coming from the dead see death seems like the final answer until you know that life is greater than death when you know that life is greater than death then death no longer becomes an obstacle he'll prove it out glory to God whatever he said is so he said go raise him up and I know we listen to stories, they go, you go raise them up. <laughs> you know, you want me to go raise, yeah, I want you to go raise them up. Um, well, God, why don't you do it? It's like, I will do it, but you need to get over there so that I can. That's it, that's it. You're the vessel. You, my voice will speak through you, but you need, take me over there and let me do it. See, many things did not happen because we were unwilling to take God over to where he wanted to go to do what he wanted to do because it was more about us than it was about him or it is about what he wants, you see. And so it has to be the step. Wait a minute. I am alive to something more. There's more to what he has, what he wants to do than what I am seeing. And so therefore, I am going to do something unusual. Well, I'm going to look to see instead of stop looking. You see, this is what he's saying. So whatever he says is so. Whatever he said is so. And it must be because he said it's so. So when we pray this uh, scripture, Matthew 6.10, Thy reign come, thy will come to pass as in heaven also on the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. 
This is not just something that is said. This is something that manifests through us, that comes through us. It takes place through us. We speak those things, and then we follow the path that the word of God has opened up. It, it, see, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A light on your path opens the pathway so that you know the direction to go. The word of God opens up our direction. It is our first instruction. And so when we speak, keep speaking the word until the revelation, until the knowledge and the understanding of what it is, your kingdom come, okay? What, what is it that you want your kingdom to manifest here? It's not just a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of power and occupation. It's a prayer. It's a word that is being spoken like a banner being stuck into the ground saying, we take this ground for the kingdom of God. The kingdom has come to you this day. The will of the king is being made known to you this day. And it is not just for your hearing, but it is for your seeing and for your tasting and for your feeling and for your experiencing and for the changes to come place, to, to take place in you that you did not know could be. I'm completely away from my notes, but that's okay. We're going to just keep going and I'll get to what he's saying. So today is about my resurrected life. Your resurrected life. That's what you say. Say today, today is, about is about my resurrected life. My resurrected yeah, life. see, this is the life that you have that we have not necessarily allowed to be. But what better season than this one? So in order for us to really get into that conversation, it requires a different outlook to, get, to gain this greater understanding. So I love this picture. This is actually from Masada. You may have recognized it, but that's um, from Masada. So I don't recall seeing those cliffs and things of, of that sort, but I do remember being up there. So, um, but it's a different vantage. Most of the time when you look at Masada, the place of a, of, a, of a war where they stood and they stood and they stood until they could not, until, they were, until the, the more of the enemy came against them. But it's a place of victory, not a place of defeat. You see, because they kept fighting, they kept standing. And the vista that they see really from here was a way to, um, had they had the time, had they had the right weaponry, this would have been quite a defeat for their enemy because they're up high looking down. You see, it's the whole point is we need to be up looking at the thing, surveying it from a different perspective than looking at it from um, the, the bottom up, wondering how am I gonna get there? How am I gonna tell this thing to move? How am I gonna, how am I going to? Well, the answer to the how am I going to is the word of God. Whatever he said is what we say. This is why this, this outlook, this greater understanding comes by way of the word of God. And the blood of Jesus has provided that gateway for the word of God to have the power in our lives that God always intended for it to have. So what we're looking at is a, is a couple of different things. It's understanding God's intent. Resurrection. The word quicken, made alive, raised, begotten, life, and foreordained are all words that you have come across at one time or another, reading in King James or, or whatever uh, version of the Bible it is. And we've come across these words, and we can accept these words in, in, a, in a sort of an understanding that, yeah, okay, resurrection, sure, because Jesus was raised from the grave. Quickened is a King James version of the word live or living or something like that and made alive yeah okay so um yeah okay sure that's probably the same thing and then raised 
Um, same kind of stuff, okay. Begotten, um, yeah, all right. I remember reading that in Genesis, I think it was, or maybe that was Matthew. It was somewhere, but they talk about begat, begat, begat. And, um, and then that word life, sure, um, okay. And then the word foreordained. Um, so people think, oh, predestination, and, and it's got to be this. So we have definitions. And things of what I just said is kind of similar to you have a conversation with people. This is what they might might say. Some of us would just look at you like two saucers for eyes going, I really don't have a clue what any of that is. That sounds more like the preacher's responsibility to know than it is for me to take on or something like that. But what I want to point out with each one of these words is that there's an intent for, of God. God, had a plan, God has a plan. And those words are all part of the plan that God had from the very beginning, even for the foundation of the world. So these words mean something to him that we have to get his meaning, his understanding, in order to walk in it with the power he intended. Each of the, these words is like a powder keg, like dynamite. It's power. For our lives, it's it's not boring Christian topics. Like I'd rather it's, you know I'd rather hear about joy than I want to hear about uh, foreordained or this unless you're telling me you know um, something really great. But this feels like deep stuff here, and I don't really want to get deep. But it's not deep. It's high. Hallelujah. That's the difference. You see, it's it's high. It's the stuff that, it's really bubbly. <laughs> it's really the type of the qualities of God that raise us to a higher place. It's the stuff that, that comes from, from reigning and having authority and walking in dominion power. This is what is all a part of that. Because each of these things is an experience and an encounter with God. Let's keep going. All right, so these are some of the scriptures, all right, that um, are encapsulated in this basic uh, lesson for today. So Genesis 1, Luke 24, and yes, there are specific verses. I think I only did one that I put the verse down there, but um, 1 Corinthians 15, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Philippians 3, Colossians 2, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 Peter 2. 1 Peter 1 and Revelation 13 are all scriptures that are connected to this. So let's just look at some of the definitions and uh, we'll see how far we go with this. Okay. Um, the first word is foreordained. And it is uh, prognosco, which you can find in 1 Peter 1.20, but it means to know beforehand. And it is that is to know. Go ahead and turn over there. You have a lot of scriptures uh, to to do first Peter chapter one, and we're going to look at verse twenty, and it says, "Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you." So this is what he's saying that Jesus, he was manifest in this time for you, which means he appeared. But uh, again, we're saying, "Who?" If you look at verse nineteen, but with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. He said he was known beforehand. 
He was foreseen. It was ordained before the times that this lamb was going to be the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, that his precious blood um, as of a lamb, a man that was able to walk the walk that he did and whose blood would count, the blood of God, yes, but walking in the flesh of a man, an earth suit, if you will, that he would walk blameless and upright before God, speaking what God said. He would walk the walk that man was originally created to walk. And he would do it in such a way that he became a gateway, a doorway, an opening by his blood, the sacrifice that was required to annihilate sin, to bring about uh, forgiveness, remission. I'm sure Dr. Baker's gonna talk about those things later, so. Um, but to bring about an absolute departure from the ways that we have been caught up in in this life that we have lived and to be <clears throat> removed out of the darkness so completely, so absolutely, that it would be as though we never had the life that we have lived up till now. This is the point of what resurrection is, that when you are come, come back from the dead, you come to a new life with a new blood, with a new thinking, with a new direction, with a new fortification, with a new understanding, with everything being made new. If any man is in Christ, he is new, a new creation. Old things are past and not to be brought back into the present or into to, in the walk that you have. All things that are required, all things that pertain to life, all things that pertain to godliness, all things that pertain to walking in the obedience of Christ and the pleasing of the Father have been made new untouched, unsullied. There is no fingerprint of, 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 of lack. There's no fingerprint of doubt. There's no fingerprint of sin upon these utensils, this life that we have right now. See, there is none of that. All this old stuff does not belong in this vessel. This is new wine in a new wineskin. This is what he was saying. And so everything, when we start seeing it, is he knew beforehand what would be, but he also knew beforehand what would be done to remedy it so that we don't have an excuse and we don't need to have an excuse. In fact, we can throw away the excuse and walk in the truth. This was all a part of it. He said he was foreordained before the foundation, before the establishing, before the uh, founding or the conception of the world before these things, um, before that happened, before the foundation of the cosmos, before the systems were ever put in place, the lamb, the foundation for what we would need was already there. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. No, I thought about that on Wednesday. I had my um, really pretty teacup. And I was talking, but I went on such a roll, I was planning to sip the tea for my throat. It was getting dry. And I was holding it, and I've been told that Dr. Baker was actually on the, uh, watching the broadcast and kept saying things like, 
drink drink from the cup or put it down or something along those lines. And um, I never see the comments that are, that are being made. Crystal said somebody knew me from somewhere and was saying hey to me. And so Frederick or Chris or whoever it is, y'all need to respond and say she, she doesn't actually see the note, but we'll tell her or something. You know, Dr. Baker, she can't hear you. And Crystal is on the side looking at me going, and I'm trying not to look at her because I don't like to get distracted, um, especially in the middle of a thought. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'll do that when I get to it. But it was like Dr. Baker said, people were trying to figure out, is there something in writing on that cup? What is, it's a pretty cup, but what is that? Trying to get a close-up of the cup and, 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 and being sidetracked and so forth. But I couldn't see myself saying, and Jesus said, and this is the power of, excuse me, Okay, this is, you know, that wasn't working for me, but I, I just thought that was that was great. So foreordained, prognosco, to know beforehand. This is why you can say God is not surprised by anything. Okay, was it foreordained for you to sin? No, but you did it. It was known, but it wasn't the plan. Now, what is in place, this is awesome, because the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, and all these things were foreordained before, doesn't that tell you how awesome God is that the remedy was in place before you fell? So the way of getting up is there. The way of escape, this blood, is more than just um, something that we say to, uh, <clears throat> you know, to sound holy or whatever. But, but there's so more, much more to it. I'll get to get into this a little more. I want to keep going so that I can at least get to a few more to get to the point. Quickened is another word. Okay? I'm not going to try all these. Suzo uh, poeo, though, is the word. And that word poeo is kind of interesting because it, it's connected to a, a few. I, I'd have to re defer to uh, Dr. Rick Ritter because I love the way he explains this Greek. But Ephesians 2.5 is where we want to go um, for this one. These words are all a part of something, right? So here it is. He says, <clears throat> even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you were saved. And we're going to stay here in Ephesians 2 anyway. But that means to reanimate conjointly with, uh, to quicken together with, to make one alive together. This is really important. This, uh, there's a different, let me see if I can find my other definition of this. Um, and then go up to verse to verse 1 in this particular chapter because we're, we're going to, I want to stay there for a minute. But this word here, um, he's really talking about what, what we're going to have to look at is that God is talking about togetherness. And, and when, he, when he talks about the things that he said to, to be alive together, that, that this, is, this, is, uh, this is not just uh, coexisting side by side. But this is talking about being in one, in one, to be in. So look at, uh, you're used to, people typically will read Ephesians 2, 1, and you have he quickened, or you have he made alive. But the Spirit of God was teaching me something about this, and so we're going to look at this a little different. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 1, it says, And you who were dead in trespasses and sins, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or citizenship 
in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. The desires of the flesh and the desires of the mind. Because one of the desires or lust of the mind is to continue to think, and, and, and people find it a perverse enjoyment to think self-destructive thoughts or to think about doom or to think about things that are dark that are on a downward spiral because there is a demonic uh, connection there. Yes, the yes. demon enjoys it. And so the person has, when I said perverse, it's not normal. It's not, it's not of God. But they will have an enjoyment of speaking death or curses or, or failure. Um, the, uh, instead of wanting your country to prosper, you'll speak against the, the leadership and wanting that person or those, that government to fail so that you can be proved right. But you're not thinking of the consequences to you if they fail. You're not thinking, aha, you know, we'll, it, uh, I have somebody out on a limb and I'm on it too, but I'm going to cut the limb uh, from, the, from the root of the tree or from the branch, you know, and then we're both going to fall. I'm just thinking they're going to die. Well, uh, unless you can fly, you're going with them. You see, wanting the downfall of others without uh, the recognizing the consequence that the one that you hate so, or you think you hate so much, in your determining that they should fail, you are cursing all those around you to uh, experience the fallout of their failure. That's hatred. And it's an indifference toward life, and it's a, it's a disregard of the value of humanity, you see. Wanting to perpetuate somebody else's success at the, at the cost of um, the destruction of many, uh, which is kind of what you're looking at right now, it, it, it's, it's an experiment. It's, it's, it's dehumanizing and, and saying they're all just uh, fish. They're just experiments. It's, it's nothing. There's no value to human life because they don't have value of their own. You understand? And so, no, that is not the way. He said you are no longer fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the desires of the mind that promote the flesh to do these things to walk in this darkness. And you were by nature the children of wrath, even as others are now. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. Go back up to verse 1 again. He says, and you who were dead in trespasses and Sins. You who were dead in trespasses and sins, down here in verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. Quickened together with Christ. He has reanimated us, made us to make us alive together with him. What is he saying? When Jesus was resurrected, this brought the pull the pull of the polarity of, of his blood, or the magnetism of his blood, it drew those that were for or, or that, that had died in, in God, if you will, drew them out of the place of, of, of temporary hold. They were made alive together with him. Because of the resurrection power, it didn't just raise Jesus, it raised us up together with him. Woohoo! Together, not separate, not second, together with him. 
His blood raised him up and raised us up in him, in him. Resurrection power that resides in us because of the one who is in us is in him. He is the resurrection power. The power in him, the power to be one with him is part of what we're talking about, to be resurrected in Christ, to be quickened together with him by grace. You are saved, he said. And he has raised up together, and that word raised is also connected to the word resurrection, and made to sit together in heavenly places or in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Now, the interesting thing about that word heavenly or uh, together is that it actually means. Where is the part I want here? It actually means in synergy. It, it speaks of um, a synergistic uh, kind of thing that he says that we have been raised together. So let me see if I can get this back here. Um, this, this expression made us to sit together, made us to, has raised us up together. So raised us up together is talking about um, to, to seriously to be with, to rouse from death uh, in company with to be revived spiritually with, to be with him, to write, they say, we'll be caught up to meet him. It's a taking of the catching away of the saints. But this is the deposit. This is that part that says that it's already on you, this ability, this magnet that you need. It's already in you so that the polarity of it, when he says, come up here, you're pulled up because, because the opposing part, you know, that I, I don't know uh, magnets well enough, but uh, you understand that there is whatever it is, it's metal or, or that has the, the, the materials, the deposits, the cells the cellular structure within it to be able to attract the magnet that when the magnet is looking for a place to attach it can attach to anything that has that is speaking with the ions or whatever it is that that, that has is speaking in the language of the, of the of the DNA or the makeup of the magnet so that it, it they have the similarities even though others think it's opposites no it's enough of the same that that what I the root of uh, or the foundation of the seed of it is in you and the magnet can pull you to itself because the strength of the magnet is greater and so what he's saying is it's already the spirit of God being deposited on the inside of you is the spirit of resurrection that raised us up together with him and pulls us to him pulls you to him it's instead of you, you can't reach up and pull him down, but he can extend that power by his word and pull you to him. And so he is able to pull you out of anything because he is in you and he just raises himself up. That's the resurrection power. He gets up on the inside of us. Glory to God. Glory to God. You see, yes. this is what he's saying. So he said, um, so to rise together from the seat, 
because we're all seated in him. When he gets up, we get up. We see what I'm saying? So when, when he says, take me over here and let me exercise his power, he gets up, we walk over, he raises up. He said, I put the magnetism, I put my attraction in them. I'm attracted to them so that I'm drawing them to myself. I'm attracted to your call. I'm drawn to see my, so you have my attention. I look at you. He says, my eyes are upon you and I'm drawn to you and you are drawn to me. No man can come unto the father except the spirit draws him. You see, and so he's saying, I see myself there. I see what I wrote. I see my word surrounding them. I see the time for the prophetic fulfillment and I draw them to myself. They are already, and then we become right in there with him. Oh, I'm trying to, to, to say this because uh, I can see it better than I'm saying it so far, but it's the first time I've ever said it out loud. Um, uh, during the week, I was just going, whoa, wow, what, wow. And I'm still wowed by it. Um, so what he's saying again, that you were raised, that, that we have to be raised up together. And then even he said, and made us to sit together. So again, when you're looking at that, to sit together, um, this one is taught, this is where I said it, it's kind of like a, a synergy, but to cause to sit down together, like you would sit at a table. Um, everyone would be um, sitting together. We're not, um, you could almost even say like a choir, you tell them to all stand together, and then you tell them to sit together. So it's, it's not just that you're with them, but it's that at the, we're moving the exact same way. If he stands, when he stands, we stand. When he sits, we sit. When he moves, we move. You see, because he in us, moves us he in us moves us Christ in you the hope of glory Christ in you moves you okay let me keep going um, so this is what it is to say he's quickened to be made alive to um, be reanimated, and and that word reanimated is 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 really powerful. See that there's more than one quicken. This next one, zupoeo, is to revitalize the person, to literally or figuratively make you alive and give life or quicken you. And you'll find out in First Corinthians 15, uh, verse 36 is a good one, and then First Peter 3:18. Um, so these are just some of uh, the, the, and you you get to look those up, and I, I'm not going to be done with this today, but this is uh, the outward part for what we get in the second session. And then next week we can come back because it, it connects to, to dreaming big, as you see. Okay, this other word, quicken, there's one more, um, is uh, the second part of it, I should say, uh, the second part of the definition. So go to the next one, please. It means, uh, the Thayer's definition of it is, uh, this is still Zupoeo, to produce you alive, to begat or to bear, to, to be, to cause to live, to make you alive by spiritual power, to arouse or to invigorate, to restore to life, mm -hmm. um, to give increase of life, of physical life, or of the spirit, 
it quickening uh, as respects the spirit to be endued with new and greater powers of life. You see, it's old things have passed away. New power, new life, new abilities, and then even metaphorically, I thought this was cool, of seeds that are quickened into life, germinating, springing up, and growing. This is what he means. You made it alive, gave it the power to be able to burst through the soil. Gave it the power to operate with the light on the inside of it, even when the light that's on the outside could not penetrate it. The light, if you will, if you check this out, for the sun, of the light of the sun over the soil, and the light that is in the soil is the magnet that is drawing. So the magnet of the sun is drawing the seed, drawing the light. And the light that is entered even into the darkness itself is causing that light to expand, which is why the soil has to change. And it has to give way for the things to come up because light has penetrated darkness and in this life of the seed and so the seed causes the soil to give way and to give way to light so that the soil even though it looks dark is no longer uh, guided by darkness but instead it is now obeying the light and that's what he's talking about quickened made alive that this is the way that he does it so when he talks about being raised, which is the next slide, to be raised is to be awakened. And that's agero, um, uh, agero, and it means that you find it in 2 Timothy 2.8. So let's go over there. We've got about 20, 20 minutes, I think. Um, 2 Timothy 2, it says in verse 8, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. So there's that seed that was raised from the dead. The seed of David was raised from the dead. Even though he was in the darkness, the darkness could not overcome the light that he is. You see, he was always light. And so darkness is enveloping him. Darkness is surrounding him. This is what people think. Oh, you know, I'm surrounded by thoughts of darkness. Yeah, but you are light. That's it. You That's see, it. this is the thing. This is when you, I'm alive, made alive to the light, not to the darkness. And so therefore the power to overcome, the grace to overcome is in me because every time darkness tries to enclose, I can activate and release the power of resurrection to raise me up out of dark, obscure places. I'm guaranteed if I let the light shine that the light attracts light and light will draw me out. You see this is the way it works. This is the way it works. It's always him. Him. He's getting up. He's like, I'm not staying in the darkness. I'm here. Activate my word. Activate what I'm saying. Wake up. Arouse yourself. This is where this, this scripture is, where it says to wake up to these things and Christ will give you light. It's high time that we wake up. This is what it says in Hebrews, I believe it is. High time that you awaken to the righteousness. Awaken to your calling. Awaken to your destiny. Awaken to the more that there is is of you and that's all contained in that particular one so it's the idea of collecting those those thoughts 
collecting your thoughts and, and, and letting them, you know, let the magnet of the, of the word of God, the light of it just pull you into a wakened state. Light wakes you up. So come into that state to rouse from sleep or to rouse from sitting or lying down from disease even. You see, this word raise and awaken, it means to awaken from disease or from death or from obscurity or from inactivity or from ruins or from non-existence. It is to rear up, to rise, to stand and to take up your place. I mean, it's an awesome word. And this is what he's saying. Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead, awakened from a sleep, according to this gospel. And so this is what he is, he's telling us, that that's the same power, it's the same spirit that's on the inside of us. And so there is, you know, you fall down and definitely you stand back up because we can do it. Because this life, which we talk about Zoe, Life, which is John in John 3, the state of one who is possessed of vitality. And this is where Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, um, you know, you, you must be born again. Or he said, God has come to give, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This active, vigorous devotion to God to be blessed to be um, resurrected, con con uh, consumed by new accessions, okay? You have the new. We have the qualities of the kingdom. We have the things that God is saying. Let's go to the next one. So this is the power of testimony, that the will of God through Jesus is manifested and declared, okay, for the testimony or the truth, um, the next one, the testimony of the truth is revealed by and of Jesus, and it's a release of the spirit of prophecy. And so we are inspired to keep telling whoever will hear what the Lord has done. Why? Because you're releasing light into darkness. You are releasing resurrection power into places where it is dark. You are releasing what is on the inside of you, which will uh, cleanse you as well as the territory and the people around. So keep going, please. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his, this is what I wanted to get to, abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Okay, so uh, I guess we have to get the strain to stop working, but I'll just keep talking. Okay, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, just look at the blue, has begotten us again by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, let's look at the word begotten. Okay, it's actually an expression, begotten again, and you see it in 1 Peter 3, okay, which I just read. Um, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 and also 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 and it's verse 23 isn't it yeah okay so when you look at this verse it says being born again this is 1 Peter 1 23 being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which lives and ever abides forever it lives and abides forever. This incorruptible seed. So here we still back to the seed. The seed was planted in what appeared to be darkness, but it lives. It was even though there was death, 
There was life in the seed, you see. There was life in the seed. And that's why it was planted, so that the outward part died, so that the inward part could come forth and give life, and not only life, but also to be able to spread and to feed many, because the seed, the multiplication of what is in the seed. Wow. And this is Jesus, this is what he said. He was the seed of David planted, so the outside, the flesh body died, so that, but the inward man, the spirit, man was alive and the life that he had could not be swallowed up in darkness but instead the light of his life again changed the darkness and when he came forth because he could not be held back it gave life to those around him that's what it is that your life the body is a shell for the life that is on the inside of us and so the focus is not on the outside life but the focus is on the inward life because the developing of the inward life also develops and increases the power of our light to shine through the physical body and the shining of that light through the physical body brings others in because it's the seed it's it, it's the it's the harvest if you will of the seed the word which is incorruptible and it lives and abides forever so here begotten us again i thought this was so it's like god said when he said born again begotten again born anew i got you back this was always the intention that we were again his. So resurrection life is the again life of God. That's actually what it means, the again. He has gotten us again. It's again. Remember the scripture says the first Adam, but then the, the, the last Adam became, and the last Adam through, through, did what? Opened the path for the life of, that the original Adam was intended to have with the spirit on the inside to be able to do. Um, again, man is God. Again, God can love. Again, God can speak. Again, God can direct. Again, God can manifest. Again, and again, and again, life, his life through us. Because resurrection power, the resurrection life is Jesus again and again and again and again and again through each and every one of us. Okay. Let's go ahead and go to the next one. We bear witness of the overcoming power and the truth about Jesus. We bear witness of his name. We bear witness about, of his blood. We bear witness of his power, of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We do in him. And you can look at those scriptures later. So uh, I wanted to, let's just go through these, and I'll see how many we can get through in about five minutes, okay? So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is First Peter 1, 3, which according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So again, God, the Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has begotten us again by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. See, he got us again. 
by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was, it was no way Jesus could be killed and stay dead because God has a plan. And it included, see, resurrection life is intentional from God's perspective. It's, it's not just, I hope it happens. It's, it's, it's part of, of God's intent. So this is why resurrection has to mean something more to us than Jesus got up from the dead. It has to be the understanding, yes, that we got up, he brought, he raised us up, we were raised up together with him. So this resurrection power is not an annual thing, but it is a daily, continual, intended purpose of God everywhere we go to release life the seed of life, you see? Manifested prophecy comes forth from a heart that's filled with God's love. And we, when we do this, resurrection life is a resonating of God's love. It's a vibrating of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Because again, we have to regard what we have with God as holy, as necessary, as vital, which means life. We have to regard and take seriously what it is that he has granted us that has more power if we allow it in our lives than the things that surround us, you see? So you don't walk in fear because perfect love cast it out. God's love has a distinct sound. And we said that angels recognize his voice because they know the sound and the vibration frequency of his love. And you know what that is? It's the blood. It is the frequency of the blood. It is the sound, the voice of the blood, the timber of the voice of the blood of Jesus that continually speaks. This is why faith in his blood, confidence in his blood, changes the sound of your voice, changes the things that you say, changes your intention, changes your countenance, causes us to be determined. We're going to finish this thing, and we're doing it in love, and we're doing it in joy, because the voice that speaks has confidence in the blood and that name, that is faith in his name, faith in his word, the understanding that what God said is what is so, and our agenda is to follow through with that. We don't have to and never could make the word of God work. He has that pleasure for himself. I hasten over it. I hover over it. I do it. I perform it. I give you my mind to think like I think. And what are you thinking? That it's not going to fail because God said so. You think like he does. You have confidence in the same person he has confidence in, himself. He has confidence in the blood. He has confidence in his name. He has confidence in his plan. He has confidence in his word. He has confidence. He is sure. He is assured, and he, he is established <laughs> that he is God, and Satan is not, and neither is man. God's love has that distinct sound. So this is the sound that we're talking about, and... Um, I'm going to keep going. So until his love frequency, which is his blood, resonates um, with his holiness, his majesty, his fire, his power, his mercy, his joy, his pleasure, and his passion for us. All of these things are throbbing, vibrating, and really seriously being released. This is the frequency of his love. John 3.16 really says it. He loves so much. He gave blood. He gave his only begotten son, the son that was begotten for the purpose of shedding his blood so that all his other sons, he could begotten us, we could be begotten again. 
you see. His love frequency. This is what this is. So until we came into the kingdom, we could not even begin to learn how to receive our Father's uh, love for us, Father God's love, because it's by the blood. It's by the way of the blood. It is the, the blood's ability to call us out of darkness. The blood speaks, you see, and it calls us by name. And it calls us, and it calls us out of places of torment because it's the voice of love. You see, it's all together. It's, this is where faith comes from. Faith, love comes from this. Obedience comes from this. The capacity, the ability to be so much more Thing you thought that you were. It just the reason you didn't think that you were is because you were thinking the wrong thoughts. But when you think God's thoughts, then you understand that we were born for the impossible. So it says, Behold, first John three, one through three, behold, one manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God or children of God. Therefore the world does not know us. Because it did not know him, the one that was slain before the foundation of the world that does not know him, but through us the world can know him. Because his blood will speak and testify, I want you to, I want to draw this one. It will show us, it clears our eyes, our vision, our hearing, everything about us. You see, and it is only through Jesus that we can even begin to gain an understanding of the greatness of of this amazing love that will take an eternity to even begin to catch on. And I got this one. Um, um, somebody posted on Facebook, and so I took the picture. And this is a picture of what astounding love looks like from heaven's perspective. By his stripes, we are healed. He did it. He did it, okay? He's the one that for all these symptoms it has here, headaches, blindness, mental disorders, and, and all of the different d types of diseases and, and things that people have. But, but astounding love to, to God looks like, from heaven's perspective, is himself took this on. Yes. Himself. This was what was the destruction or brought the death that his flesh experienced. But it couldn't extinguish the light of on the seed on the inside of him. You, these things that crush mankind, that take us down, and there's so many lack of love and, 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 and suicidal thoughts and all of these things that people experience, uh, perversities and, and things that are destroying or trying to destroy the human mind, the psyche, and the, 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 the ability and the capacity of people to fulfill the greatness of God. But God said, no, see, there's a seed that I have planted that when the light is released in the darkness, it will draw you to me. And it, this pays the price for the things that you think would hold you back from me. All of the sin things, all of the, 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 the ways of thinking about yourself or devaluing yourself according to a demonic measure. But love says, and the blood says, and his name says, and his word says, I have put something in you 
I'm talking to those that are born from above, but I'm also speaking to those of you that do not yet know him. There is a desire that you don't have to extinguish to allow the love of God to draw you to him, to draw you to the place. We call it surrender, but what it is is a giving up of the burdens of self-destruction to take on a love that has has no capacity uh, that has an endless capacity and no ability to fail his love does not fail and that is what he wants for every single person that is here to under the sound of our voices to know that this love and this price that he paid, this light that he has, that he offers to you. And I'm speaking to those that do not know Jesus, that I would like to introduce you to him. But I'm also talking to the ones that say, I have a relationship with Jesus, but you still walk in the darkness of the old. And you don't have to do it anymore. Because he said, resurrection life, the ability to be in me. And I have the life that you need. And the light will flow through you and bring about an, a demolishing, if you will, an extinguishing of darkness. It's funny because light will swallow up the darkness on the inside of you. And I'm speaking to those because we have just a few minutes. If you do not know this Jesus, or if you have not been walking in the resurrection life that he has, this kingdom life, then today is your day. And in the few minutes I have, I'll give you the first part, but I'm also going to invite you to hold tight and tune in on the second um, Biblical Solutions for Life with our apostle, Dr. Baker, because she's going to talk to us about the first fruits, and she's going to talk to us about the sacrifice, and she's going to, to tell you the value that God sees in you. And I'm saying that the Bible says in Romans, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, whoever confesses, uh, believes, uh, confesses Jesus is Lord, believes in their heart that God has raised him from the dead, and he has proven that today. What others call Easter or a celebration of demonic spirits is not God's intent, but this is the resurrection Passover yes. first fruits time. This is the time when the hand of God and the love of God and the extension of his, his desire for you is being stretched out for you. It doesn't matter if we're not, you're not in a church building. What matters is that the church, he wants you to become a part of his church to be his church to allow you to be the temple of the Holy Spirit and let him come in and let his resurrection power raise you from dark places and bring you into his love so the Bible says if you confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you shall be saved <coughs> excuse me resurrected brought out of darkness and brought into light those that are already born from above, step into the light. Let the light be extinguished through you. We invite you to do that. And if you did pray that, all you got to do is say, Jesus, I believe. I believe. Jesus, be my Lord. Yes. And he will. He will. And then we and people like us are here 
to help you, not just to leave you and say, oh, good, we got another one. But we want to disciple you. We want to teach you. We want to love you. We want to pour this in. And we want to help you to cross over completely. So that's all the time that I have. And I thank you for joining us. I do, again, I'm saying if you did that, then email us or call us. But it's contact us at astoundinglove.org or write something on that screen and there are people that are there um, that, that will be able to, to reach out to you um, however it is that you choose to do it but you can do it if you want it private then contact us at astoundinglove.org our address is 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard and very soon you'll be able to join us in this building our website is www.astoundinglove.org and our phone number, if you want to leave a message, is 408-945-4439. I'm going to pray over you in these 30 seconds that I have. Father, I thank you that your word does not return void, but it is fulfilled in the things that you have sent it to do. And that you've drawn men and women today by the, the power of the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. And that they will not turn their backs, but that they will come in. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Astounding love, you can go to the website. The um, uh, PDFs will be up, and there's a lot of music on there, too. So we thank you so much, and we'll see you in 15 minutes. Amen.